0: can't wait for you to hear today's episode with my friend Erin Brafford. She is the co-founder and strategy director for Heart & Matter, which is a brand firm. They're a holistic, strategic brand identity firm, and they work with companies on figuring out their brand and how does it play out in all the things that they do. So I just think she has a really unique lens and perspective on the things that we talk about at Greenhouse. And you'll hear that in this episode. We talk about intentionality. We talk about making space to be reflective. We talk about even the idea of being a holistic person, because when she's working with companies, that is also what they're trying to do. How does everything in the company work together? And so I think you'll find some points of insight or inspiration in this episode. So I love this idea of no specific vocational calling. Yeah. It's a little bit attention grabbing because it's like, but I thought you guys talk about vocational callings. Yet, like, you don't want to be overcome. You don't want your identity to be overcome by that work purpose.
1: And defined by productivity, which is, I think, very American of us and very, um, it's independent and it's how you get things done. But my work doesn't really matter beyond how it impacts other people people and so putting my value as this is just something i've always struggled with how do i value myself if it's not grounded in the actual work i'm doing um as i've gotten older and more confident more mature i've realized that that's not a healthy there's not a healthy level of dependence there it's it's not reflective of who i really am Mm -hmm. some things i can do
0: yeah yeah okay you know yeah that's good (laughs) So, you don't necessarily believe in a specific vocational calling, like that a person has one specific thing that that they need and can only do for their work, but that work does support having an identified purpose yeah. and that can bring fulfillment and freedom and other good things.
1: I think that's a new the last few years of going out on my own and trying to figure out what it means to, what value do I bring to individuals as a one-to-one kind of, um, I was doing mentoring and coaching and consulting for a couple of years, and I realized that I kept helping other business owners drive to understand their purpose, and one of the questions that kept coming up over and over and over again was, okay, like, if your flower business falls apart, what are you going to pick up and do, and why? And when we can get there, we start to understand the driving force, the Uh motivation, the purpose behind it, and that helped me detach the work product from my personal view of purpose.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There are ways that that their purpose could play out in a given time, like the flower business, but there has to be some bigger overarching thing that's driving that, that, could be applied in other ways.
1: Right, I think you're going to find other channels to accomplish that purpose. So I, for example, as a one-to-one consultant, that was great. I really, I had come from doing brand at a small agency and then sort of moved into this other space and wondered, oh, is one more right than the other? Is one a better use of my time and skills? Is one going to make me more money than the other? You know, in the end, whether it was working as part of an agency or working as a communications professional or leaving and starting again to be a teacher, my purpose will always be helping people become more effective communicators. Hmm. So the job that I do to get there doesn't really matter. I am going to continue Hmm. to find a way to do that. Yeah, And that was really freeing because it actually let me – put a little less pressure on being the best brand consultancy agency owner in the world. Like, I'm good at it. And I'll continue to try to help people communicate more effectively. And that's all I can do every day.
0: Yeah. Well, I like that, though, because it for two reasons. So first of all, I, I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of people. I used to think this. You get scared that like, I have to find the right thing or else. Right. You know, or else my life is wasted or I missed the mark. or, And so when you think about purpose, it seems, oh, my gosh, I got to get it right. So then I maybe just don't think about it at all. Right. <laughs> or, you know, you have the other scenario where, you know, I've talked about this a lot with my wife because she stopped working for a little while to be at home. And it's like, OK, well, now... Now that I don't have that kind of work tie to my purpose, then I have nothing. Who am I? Like, what do I do? And so, in your case, where it's kind of bigger than just the tasks you're doing at work or the way you're applying it, it still applies like in any season of life, even after retirement, it can still apply.
1: Right. I can't really picture retiring. This is going to come out in me, no matter whether I'm making money doing it or not. If I'm volunteering somewhere or trying to leverage those skills somewhere, that's just going to come out. And so, yeah,
0: I love how you said this earlier. That it's kind of an American way to think about purpose in light of work.
1: (laughs) Right. We are so defined by the output, and output equals money, affluence, power, security, comfort, all of those things that we believe are really, really important. And I think the more you have of all of those things, the more you cling to them, versus cultures or experiences where those things are in more scarcity, Mm -hmm. I think there's more recognition that the ability to produce or earn isn't who you are as a person. Mm And so I do think that it is a really culturally influenced idea. And I think that's one of the interesting challenges of kind of even church culture in America. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, how we think about the value we bring to this earth is often channeled through that idea of the work.
0: Yeah. I thought of the fact that we spend so many of our waking hours at work. I think that also plays into it because... It literally is the majority of your time for a lot of people, or at least for a big season of life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, even if, take work off the table, let's say it's something else. Let's say you like to, you know, pick bananas. Right. And you did that (laughs) for like eight hours a day every day. Well, it'd be hard to like think about a lot of stuff unrelated to picking bananas. It'd be hard to even stop thinking about that thing. That's
1: right. I also interestingly, interestingly to me, I've come in my life to realize that work is also a place I have like the most control. I'm using air quotes, Um, (laughs) the most control because I get to set the process. I'm working with a bunch of adult people who, in theory, are on the same trajectory. With us, we can align to the same goals. Especially as a consultant, I'm in the space where I get to help propel a project forward in a certain way and then I go home and that is not my experience. Yeah. And so I cling to that a little <laughs> bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have more control. I get to be the grown-up and in charge of my own life and have autonomy and then I get around family or friends or whatever, all these other influences and and life is kind of put upon me mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. So I think that kind of adds to this idea that no, this is who I really am. The person <laughs> uh-huh. that I am at work is my most actualized self. Yeah, really, it's just one facet. Right, and know? I
0: think part of that too is the process piece at work. Yes, so at work there needs to be order and process, and like <laughs> right, there needs to be measurements of things, and yeah. so it becomes more normal to like have a conversation about expectations. You That's know, right. hey Aaron, like here's what I'm expecting, or you know, you say, oh Steve, you know this really was tough or disappointed me, but at home or, you know, with friends or with a partner, it's like, it's hard to have that kind of, (laughs) that kind of conversation because the rest of our life doesn't have those like structured processes and expectations.
1: Absolutely. And I think sometimes (laughs) I do bring that into my house and my, my husband, will tell me not to consult at him, you know, like, don't <laughs> I'm like, how do we define success for this dinner party or whatever it is? And it's just, it's not organic. Mm-hmm. And there may be problems that we're trying to solve as a couple that he doesn't <laughs> want me having my consultant hat on for. It's like, can we yes. just be a married couple here? Can we just of,
0: hang out? Right. Like, why are we defining success criteria? <laughs> right. But yet yeah, we know like the dinner party would go better if you did that.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's that's a great point because I know another thing we've talked about is the idea that you're a whole person. Right, imagine. <laughs> the, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> so weird. But that, I think, plays into this too. Like, how do you view, how does that play into this whole thing for you?
1: So being a whole person, I am a wife and a mom and I am a coworker and a leader and all of those things. We shift as we move into different spaces, mm-hmm. but we don't, fundamentally change and so how do I bring my best self to all of those things is like super exhausting but also when I'm in my best headspace what I always want to be driving for yeah there isn't a line between who you are and what you do and what you believe like it's yeah you're a whole person
0: yeah so how do you go about like especially in starting this business you have now how did you think about living into that purpose and how it related to the business?
1: My business partner is Lauren, and Lauren and I met each other in a really similar space in terms of we both have young kids, but we've both been doing this for a long time. We both have desire for a certain level of flexibility, but also bigger goals. Mm-hmm. And I think as we thought about, there's just some, one, there's some confidence that comes with being almost 40 years old and being in career versus when I was 25 and tried to start my first business. So I think we looked at what do we want in our lives, what is the fruit of all of this? and what really matters most to us? And then from there started trying to build the business with that in mind. Uh-huh. And importantly, the reflection piece has been layered in because there's two of us. I have to say it's really nice. And uh-huh. you probably experienced this too having partners, that we hold each other accountable to actually reflecting on what's been good, what's been happening, where did we win, what could we do better? Mm-hmm. And all of that helps keep us accountable to are we sticking clear to like our purpose? Are yeah. we being are we staying on track?
0: Yeah. Was there anything that shaped the decision to kind of have your own brand agency versus joining a bigger existing agency
1: yeah i think lauren and i have both tried it and as moms i worked at the most flexible branding agency you could possibly have imagined and by the time i had my third kid it just wasn't it still wasn't flexible enough Uh Um, i think also for Lauren, there's just opportunity to take the clients that we want to take and work with the people we want to work with. And I guess that's a lot of the entrepreneurial drive or interest in the first place is feeling uh-huh. like you have a little more autonomy. Yeah. But it's a, it's a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. You know, It doesn't come without fantasies about like just <laughs> showing up and doing your job and going home. Because yeah. uh, we are always on. But for me, that works. Uh-huh. And I balance that. And Lauren, all that to say, we think we have a perspective. We think we're really good at messaging and a sophisticated brand aesthetic. And mm-hmm. so together, we we thought we should just do it on our own. <laughs> it's just so cool how,
0: like, talking about the whole person and all of this kind of squishy stuff we've been talking about, you just live, like, your natural way of approaching life is with it all kind of as one rela- interrelated thing.
1: Yes, for better or for worse. <laughs> My husband... What's the
0: for worse part? <laughs>
1: uh, I think sometimes it's funny because I can both compartmentalize really well and it's a little bit of what we talked about earlier where like when I'm at work I'm at work when I'm at home I'm at home and I don't like when those signals get crossed Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to deal with domesticity when I'm at the office all that Um, but at the same time I'm really comfortable and my husband also is an entrepreneur and so we're we've both been living in this space of and being a creative professional my whole career like there's not really lines between what is an inspiration and what becomes part of your work. Yeah. So I think we're just kind of, A, always on culturally, but B, seeking out inspiration constantly. There's just like a personality thing to that, I think.
0: Yeah, and even the thought of, well, yeah, I wanted to start my own thing with this partner because it affords these things we want in the rest of our life. Like sometimes it takes people some steps to connect those, but that was just kind of, it's interesting, That's a natural way you process through it
1: in part because you don't start a consulting business if you're looking to like scale and make a jillion dollars <laughs> like if you've been doing oh
0: you're not doing no oh, <laughs> i thought you were going to share the three secrets of success no, to getting a jil- that'll a be dollars. our next
1: podcast oh, okay. you and i together are going to figure out how to go from so many people to billions of dollars how to
0: go from zero to three jillion dollars <laughs>
1: <laughs> with the uh, human capital. <laughs> it's, it's not a good business plan. Anybody would tell you that yeah. if, from, <laughs> from Silicon Valley. Um, so yeah, I think lifestyle business was always what we had in mind from the beginning. And so again, even in partnership in life, like with my spouse, in partnership with my business partner, having an aligned vision for what is the purpose of what we're doing here um, made that a lot easier in the first place.
0: Yeah. So you do brand work for companies. Yes. We're talking about kind of purpose in life. But again, it all intersects, right? So companies need clearer purpose. It's probably a lot of what you help with individuals do. What have you learned in helping companies with doing that stuff that could maybe also apply to someone's individual life?
1: So Steve, you and I have talked before about the importance of writing things down and articulating them with intention. Uh And I think the work that I do every day only reinforces that philosophy that that's important as, as human beings. I think our tendency is to take everything that we know is happening and just try to hold it in our brains and say, no, no, I get it, I get my brand, or I get my what my voice is supposed to be, or no, I really do know what my purpose is, but we don't then make space to reflect
0: mm-hmm.
1: on is it true, am I living it out across, in brand, we talk about touch points across every touch point, in life, you could say the same thing. Am I living it out as a whole person?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like,
1: at home and with my kids and with yeah, my, right, my boss uh-huh. and um. And so I think this ability to the challenging, the really hard work of writing it down and then reflecting on that and sitting there and saying, "Is this true? Yeah. Is this even true? Do yeah. I want this to be true?" <laughs> uh-huh. Right, and then how can I make it more true? That's the second part of it. So if I know my purpose is to be creating a more empathetic and communicative world that took a lot of work to get there so don't hear that that's like (laughs) (laughs) it was easy arriving in this place Um, but if I understand that then how how am I making it more true am I equipping my children with empathy and with tools to be better communicators as they grow and process through the world am I holding myself accountable when I'm with my spouse to like get it out on the table and be honest and reflective together. Again, this is all like you and I get to talk a lot about these things like philosophically and Mm -hmm. fun and in theory. And it's always about our best selves that we're we're talking about. So it's not Uh like I'm great at this every minute of my day. Yeah. But when I do take the time to be reflective, um, I I can push myself in that, hopefully in that direction. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I think you said something about Self-knowledge is critical to being a better person. And what I'm hearing here is and agreeing with is just some simple ways to be self-reflective and and gain that self-knowledge, right? Because at the end of the day, you're kind of saying if you never write anything down or stop to think about it, how are you going to know yourself better?
1: Right. And there's so many exercises out there that are available. Read any self-help book, and they're going to give you like 15 different ways. But doing that work forces us to not just gloss over it.
0: (laughs) Well, what what it's making me think about, so I am not a brand strategist, but I've worked with a lot of brand people and understand that, like in your process with companies, correct me if I'm wrong, there's probably outputs that they have, which are like written statements and guidelines and things that are supposed to be tools that you use across all those channels that you use every day. And yet so many times I've seen companies or even just teams, like they do all this work to define that stuff. And they've got their brand guidelines, they've got, you know, their mission statement, and they've got different like versions of language to use in different places. And then like the very next day, someone's out there writing an email or a marketing piece and they actually like make it all up from scratch. It's like they immediately forget we just worked on all these things we're supposed to use every day.
1: Right. And like everything, it's a process, right? Uh-huh. You have to continue to practice and do it um, again, br- like brand and life. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, So as leaders in the company, in that example, y- you know, it, it's going to come from the top down. You have to live it every day. You need someone who's the champion on the inside saying like, nope, my goal is just to focus on keeping us aligned to our values and asking those tough questions of does this represent who we really want to be in the world? And there's there's got to be somebody who owns that. I think we individually are that person for ourselves. So how do we be the CEO of our own lives and say, like, what are my values? And am I holding myself accountable to living them out? Yeah, There's no one else who cares about you living your values.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, because I'm picturing things like using values or using that, what you've written down about your why and your purpose to make decisions.
1: A hundred percent. It makes it easier, <laughs> right? In, yeah. And in, you're starting in a, in a smaller box for one, which is I think what a lot of people actually are a little bit afraid of. I know on the brand side, people are very much afraid of position sometimes Mm -hmm. and of owning a space because it feels limiting but if you talk to any artist or anybody creative who is or even a CEO who's done this work they realize that as soon as they can narrow that scope and be great at what they're great at then they're free to be creative about how they deliver that greatness, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
0: It does. So
1: it's super freeing to have some constraints around it. Same with your life, you don't have to be everybody, you don't have to know your vocational purpose and be bouncing around to figure out what that is, but can we put a little bit of constraint on it so that we can then be creative? If it's true Mm -hmm. that my purpose is X, what are some ways I can bring that to life? And that's what we talk about in brand all the time.
0: Yeah. So good. It's and all it, the same. It's all the same stuff. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Okay, if you're if you're completely royally lost in this episode right now, <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> brand principles and how they apply in your life. <laughs> but yeah. I was thinking it also helps in hard times.
1: Oh, resiliency.
0: Resiliency. So yes. like maybe a super simplified version is, well, this year in my family, we decided we're kind of extra committed to how we eat this year. So there have been a number of weeks already, <laughs> we're in February, and a number of times already where it feels like, oh, we're so exhausted. I do not want to cook and then eat it and then clean up all the dishes and all the cooking dishes and all the plans for meal planning and shopping for those groceries and, right? And and you just want to kind of give up yeah. and toss it in. But because we've kind of defined, and yeah, we didn't have like a family corporate off-site meeting <laughs> but we did have some <laughs> conversations to decide like hey we want to we want to prioritize this we want to eat a certain way right now we, we believe in that because of xyz like yep. longer term you know purpose or it why it ties
1: to these values it ties to how we want to be yeah in the world yeah. yeah
0: so that night that wednesday night when we're completely exhausted and don't want to do it it helps us to kind of stick to that because we know why we're doing it
1: and the conscious it's really different to depart consciously than to depart from a plan or never have a plan in the first place so if you decided to call it in and just have pizza that night you would have pizza that one night but because you still have this intention you won't have pizza and then yes. pizza and then pizza and then pizza yes right but if it's I don't know. This is my household every single night. What are we having for dinner? What can we throw together? Uh, 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 Then we're not making the best choices all of the time because there isn't a clear path forward.
0: That's such a good point. Yeah. Just the fact of having a plan forces you to make a decision to deviate from it. So... Exactly I'm loving this metaphor Because we were joking the other night Ashley and I were saying Right now in our life We're, we're all about like having intentional things And like trying to grow and be better mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're like We need to give ourselves a freaking break yeah. Like we're always with these goals And like be better at this and grow And so we have had some nights Where we're like screw this No we are just ordering the pizza But guess what We both felt really good about it There was no guilt Right, like there was no guilt about it, and we actually laughed and had a lot of fun about the decision because yeah, we had a plan and a clear path, and we were both intentionally deviating from it, and it's so it's actually kind of funny, and it, and we knew that we're not messing up our lives by ordering pizza, right? Like tomorrow or the next day, we'll be back on track with what we wanted to do, but hey, it's it's okay, like chill out a little bit, have fun,
1: yeah, and <laughs> like you know, if you did go off the wagon, so to speak, for a little while. At least you have somehow codified, whether it's through conversation in this case or back to like brand standards, you've codified what your intention was. Mm -hmm. And so you can go back and now you're looking for different information. Like, why did we go off the path? What how did it serve us? How is it not serving us? Do we either need to edit that intention or do we do we just get back to it? Right. So you're start. It's so like. Ugh, it's so fun because it's like science, right? You everything's a little experiment, mm-hmm. and so you start out with this plan, and then you kick a new variable into place, and then you evaluate the new information you have, right? Um, and either it made it better or it didn't, and now you have a whole new set of data to start from. So yeah, that's fun to me.
0: I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really good. Yeah, and I think there's something here too about what you mentioned around the space to think. Right, so all of this stuff is like I think you use the word intentions, intentional. We're so busy, so we have to make some space to be able to think about this stuff. Right. Again, at work, it's kind of naturally there because that's what we're there to do.
1: In theory, right? I yeah. mean, if we if we sit back and think about why people are coming to either of us for our different consulting needs, it's because they don't make that space. One of the freedoms we give people whole teams, for example, a leadership team, is the chance to sit around a room and say, when you say X, I hear Y. And someone else across the room says, oh, well, when you say X, I hear Z. Mm -hmm. And they haven't had space to have that conversation before. And so it gets out on the table. And then from there, we're all aligned and we're moving forward. I think that's just, that's communication. It's making sure that Uh, We're starting from (laughs) the signal I'm sending is the same one you're receiving, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh And most of the time it's not. And so how do we, in our marriage and in our organizations as leaders, how do we continue to close those gaps I'm telling you, I really am a nerd. This is why I love what I do Uh because I because it's just it's kind of like life applied to business versus the other way around. Yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) I think something I'm taking away from this is the intentionality to make space, whether it's to think for yourself, to communicate with a team, et cetera, it all supports this idea of listen, we're in a culture that highly values work and focuses on it. The first thing you say when you meet someone at a party is, hey, what do you do, right? right? And so there's that struggle, I think, for people like us who want to want to have purpose in our work but also realize it shouldn't fully kind of identify us. Like yeah. we are a person outside of what we do in our work. One thing I'm taking away is the intentionality to make space to think or to communicate. Like these are the kinds of things that can help keep that balance almost. Right? It's not ever gonna be perfectly in balance, but just right. being mindful and, and finding ways to en- enjoy your work more and have an impact there, but also be growing as a person that's not fully defined by just their work. Right. I'm curious, what is your process when you're working with companies on their brand? Give me a just give me an overview of the process.
1: Sure. Um, so it's interesting because branding is immediately associated with creative. And it's just the logos and the output, and every brand person says it's not just your logo. So I'm gonna beat that drum myself, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um,
1: just to honor my uh, my comrades um, in <laughs> in branding. <laughs> but our process starts actually always with alignment. So m- we get the leadership team in the room, and we do exactly what we just talked about. We we start pulling it out all on the table. I mean, obviously, I've done some research, and Lauren and I are doing a little bit of auditing of what is your current messaging? What do you think you're saying to the world right now? Who do you believe you're for according to what I'm seeing um, as external output? But then the the next step is to get those leaders in a room and start to challenge some of those assumptions or to ask deeper questions. um, And then obviously provide exercises to extract and get people talking about their feelings and the feelings that they want people to experience, uh-huh. um, as well as the objectives for the organization and how those things might come together. Um, then we usually try to validate with research whenever possible, whether that's a, a, a survey or some um, interviews or whatever, qualitative or quantitative, that's a confidence thing often. Um, but it helps us really understand, okay, we've got captured your intention from the leaders, now let's see how we're being perceived in the market. And then we moved in, into strategy, which is the work of creating a plan to close any of those gaps between how the leaders intend to be perceived and how uh-huh. they actually are perceived. Um, and so from then the strategy, it's we've, we're now all aligned, we're now thinking in the same direction, we've laid our intentions out on the table, and then we can build creative to support that. So all of the, words and pretty things that are meant to, t- to help send those important messages about who we are um, line up to tell the same story because they're aligned to the strategy that is aligned to the message we're trying to put out in the world
0: yeah makes sense sounds very holistic
1: it is <laughs> it is we and one of the reasons when you asked earlier Lauren why Lauren and I wanted to work together is because neither of us is logo designers it's mm-hmm. just not how we approach it it's not how we think about it and we really want that communication to be to be impactful across the whole organization and so it always starts a strategy and ideally includes actual voice of the consumer yeah uh, whenever possible yeah
0: it's fun to hear the process because i'm sure we haven't talked about this but i would bet a lot of people you work with through the company brand process grow a lot as individuals
1: we get that feedback and I love it. It's like my favorite thing. I mean, it's the same. It's everything we've just been talking about. If we can make people cry, um, we've done our job well. And it's because they're feeling things and they're proud of the work that they're doing. And they they know they're going to be more confident um, going out and in, into the world. And uh, it doesn't always happen, of course. But, you know, it's bringing emotion into the workplace as if that should ever. Who are you selling to? You're selling to people. People have feelings. Let's be clear. That we're trying to make people feel something or you don't really matter. Heart, right. Heart and matter. <laughs> right.
0: But if you want to do brand work without the crying, you can also contact and She will make a custom <laughs> version of That's non-emotional it. brand work.
1: Oh, God. No, I won't. I can't do it. There's no non-emotional brand work.
0: <laughs> well, this is a fun conversation. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. This was super fun.